0: The PGA Tour and Live Golf, part of a merger that nobody saw coming, a marriage that nobody thought would ever happen. And we bring on John Feinstein, nobody better to talk to about this news that shocked everybody this morning, including a lot of golfers themselves, the author of 23 New York Times bestsellers, including. His newest book, Faraday, which will chronicle the life and career of David Faraday. Let's just start with John. Your just your reaction to this news when it came out this morning. Was it shock? Was it surprise? Did it feel inevitable to you?
1: Uh, all three, actually. Um, good question. Um, because I have maintained, and David, who is now working uh, for Live, as you know, uh, we both believed almost from the start that a merger was inevitable someday but not now, not this soon, maybe two years down the road or something like that. The NFL and AFL merged, the NBA and ABA merged, the NHL and WHA merged. But, of course, there wasn't Saudi blood money involved in any of those mergers. So I was shocked by the timing, and as I learned more about the deal during the day, uh, I was very surprised that Jay Monahan, the PGA Tour commissioner, basically folded you know, holding at least three of a kind in his hand, um, because LIV has not exactly taken off like a rocket. TV ratings here in the U.S. are, are have been awful. Um, the 54-hole format doesn't really work. Uh, nobody has bought into the team concept that they've been trying to promote, and yet Monahan completely folded. He gave the chairmanship of the PGA Tour Policy Board to somebody from 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 Saudi Arabia uh... he's going to let all the players back um, who were supposedly banned from the pga tour uh... He, he just he 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 threw in the towel basically and i think the main reason he did it is, is obviously money it's the main reason for everything but within that context he didn't want to go to court with liv and have two things possibly and maybe even probably happen one that the LIV suit against the tour because they they were suing each other would lead to an antitrust violation for the tour because basically what the tour was saying is we're the only ones allowed to have a, a tour, a golf tour in the United States which of course is completely untrue and second that in depositions and discovery they might be forced to open their books they are a 501c6 charity Uh, and they don't have to pay any taxes and they don't want anybody looking at their books to find out exactly where all their money goes
2: how much of this was a monahan decision versus i guess a group of people because it sounds like the players on both tours the higher ups sound like all of us that were really caught off guard by the whole thing
1: yeah uh, it's a good point i think um, Monahan uh, and some of his close he has got like 40 vice presidents there who paid a lot of money. Um, I think that it was a very closed group that made this decision. Uh, I, a lot of the players, as you've seen today, reacted with complete surprise. Um, not, you know, Colin Mark are you probably saw his tweet saying, I, I, "I'm really a, a little surprised to wake up to news about my job on Twitter." Uh, And a lot of players feel that way. Rory McIlroy's been very quiet today. You know he's upset because Monaghan basically set him up as his shield. And so I think it was a very close group because they wanted to keep absolute secrecy about the whole thing until it broke.
0: And, I mean, we know obviously in the end money talks, and this is certainly another situation where there was a ton of money involved for the PGA Tour, and that's why they went out and they were – spending all this time trying to trash the Saudi money and, and all of a sudden it's, wait, oh, you're going to give us that money now. Oh, we've, we've certainly changed our minds here. But, you know, what, what does that mean? You, you talk about players obviously speaking out against the, you know, all of Live Golf at the beginning, the ones that stayed loyal to the PGA Tour. I, I, right. I don't know whether you've heard anything yet about reactions, but I mean, at least in terms of just maybe what you think could be the reaction from some of these players, this has to be something that's going to be a problem, at least behind closed doors with relationships.
1: No, there's no question. There's no question. And I know Roy McIlroy pretty well, and he's been very loyal to Jay Monaghan throughout a lot of ups and downs that involving golf before Liv came along. And I I feel very certain that he's going to go in and say, wait a minute, you were saying how could we do this because you knew 9-11 families and how could we do this because how can we look people in the eye and say we're playing on a tour um, that pays us Saudi blood money. Jay Monaghan had a quote I read today from an interview with Jim Nance last year in which he said, if you play on the PGA Tour, you can look everybody in the eye and say, "I'm, you know, the PGA Tour has never done anything to make me ashamed." Well, you can't say that anymore, can you? <laughs> and 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 as I wrote a column for the Washington Post for uh, tomorrow, um, in which I, not tomorrow's paper, but on, online tomorrow, in which I said, you know, to quote Ricky Ricardo, Jay Monahan's got a lot of explaining to do to a lot of people. <laughs>
2: Do you think there's also going to be, not just explaining, but maybe some compensation, John? Because Rory and Tiger now that comes to mind, I mean, some of these guys, it'd be one thing if they passed up hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars. They passed up hundreds of millions of dollars. So what happens yep, there? Did. Somebody has to make it right. Well, I, I think what Monahan will do,
1: I think what he probably did this afternoon in his meeting with the players in Canada, was said, look, fellas, ultimately you're going to make a lot more money because of this deal, because the Saudis do have all this money and because we've already increased your purchase, uh, your purses. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so don't get that upset if, if you passed up the big money. Uh, maybe they will compensate them in some way because they will have all this extra money uh, coming in from the Saudis. The big issue, though, to me, for Monaghan and the tour going forward is, if you're a sponsor and they get, their sponsors are like the biggest things in, the, in their collective lives, if, if you're a sponsor, do you want to be part of this? You, you know, if you're trying to sell product in the United States of America, do you want to be part of something that takes this, this Saudi oil money? Um, I, I think that will be a big – the players will be quelled because they want to play golf, and they'll be playing golf for more money. And I'm not saying they won't be angry, and they should be. You know, whether it's it, it's Rory or John Rahm or Jordan Spieth or Ricky Fowler. Ricky Fowler's game was going completely south a year ago. He was making zip. He's playing much better now. But he was offered $75 million to go to LIV, and he turned it down. And as you said, Rory and John Rahm could have gotten more than $100 million. So will they be upset? Yeah, they should be. Uh, but eventually they're going to say, I want to play golf. I want to play in the major championships. I'm, I make a lot of money already. Uh, I remember a famous tweet exchange between Rory and Steve Elkington a, a few years ago. Steve Elkington's a former PGA champion, championship champion, if I can say that. Um, and when Rory missed the cut at the U.S. Open, I guess it's six years ago now. Um, Elkington didn't think Rory was upset enough about it. And he said, this is what happens when you're worth $100 million. You just don't care anymore. <laughs> and Rory tweeted back and said, I care plenty. By the way, it's $200 million. Um, <laughs> so Rory's doing fine. Uh, but I, I think that, that there, there, there's going to be some anger. There's going to be some splaining to do. And, and there's going to be a lot of splaining to do to the sponsors. You know, how do we – the only thing that ever got Dan Snyder to change the name of his football team was his sponsors threatening to pull out. We know the power that corporate America has.
0: Yeah, we, we've seen it time and time again. Talking to John Feinstein, uh, we, we, look, we look at players, obviously, that didn't take money from that tour. But at the right. same time, there's also Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka. Nine-figure bonuses for them. Is that – I mean, do we have any idea what that's going to mean for them financially, too, now that they'll have to, I guess, apply for reinstatement of the PGA Tour as well? For, well, like, full I, reinstatement? I think this whole
1: thing, Monaghan's making a big deal. I'm sorry to interrupt. Monaghan's making a big deal about applying a rein, for reinstatement. So let's say the tour says, okay, you can come back. You've got to pay $100,000 or $500,000 to come back. That's like asking the the three of us to pay 10 bucks to come back to something. Yeah, It's yeah, nothing. Sure. I mean, Rory, remember McIlroy. I, I hate to keep bringing him up, but – he decided not to play at Hilton Head this year because he was upset on uh, Memo to Steve Elkington because he was upset about the way he played in the Masters. And he was fined $3 million. And, again, it's like if I got fined 30 bucks or, or maybe 300 bucks, And he was like, yeah, I got fined $3 million. When do I play next? And so all these guys, they're going to be reinstated. Part of the reason why Monaghan did fold on this was because he knows he's got to get all the best players in the world playing together again. That that was bad for for the entire sport. And, you know, they're going to come back in and, and, and laugh their way back onto the PGA Tour. It'll be interesting to see the dynamic in the locker room, though.
2: I'm not sure that the game of golf was ultimately at heart. We keep talking about the money and the two tours and the heads and all that stuff. But like you said, ultimately, bottom line, now that everybody's merged, once they figure this out, isn't this probably the best thing for the game
1: well long-term sure that's why I said to you in the beginning that I thought this was inevitable I didn't expect it this soon, but I thought this was inevitable and like I said the last two chapters in my book on on David Faraday are on live and on his decision to go there so last July when I was wrapping up the book uh, we discussed this in great detail and, and why he decided to do it and there are a bunch of reasons but what he said at that time, because he got a five-year contract from Liv for a hell of a lot of money, and he said, at some point, there's going to have to be a merger. And, 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 and he felt that it wasn't that big a gamble for him to go to Live, A, because he knew the Saudis were good for the money, and, and B, because sooner or later, everybody has to play together again, and, and they will play together again. And it, it will be good for golf to have, you know, it, it hasn't been good for golf that Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson and Bryson DeChambeau, even though he's a jerk, um, haven't been playing in any regular PGA Tour events for a year now. So it, it will be ultimately uh, better for the game this way, except for the fact that they will be, that, that the commissioner of golf now is Salman uh, Bin Mohammed. I mean, he's, he's the boss now. And that's not good for golf, but long-term, yes, it probably will, because we all want to see the best players play each other. We want, tennis, we want to see Alcaraz play Djokovic, right? And, and that, that's what makes sports is those rivalries and, and, and that sort of competition.
0: John got about three minutes here I want to make sure we get to a little bit more on your book but I do want to ask just what you think this will look like from not a business perspective but a golf perspective how like what are they going to do to try and incorporate some of the whole live aspects into what this whole new relationship means
1: yeah I think that that's a question that, that that they don't know the answer to yet. Um, obviously some some of the live events uh will will live, excuse the expression, and they'll become seventy two whole events. The fifty-four whole events will mercifully go away. Um, and and some of the lesser PGA tour events will probably go away, um, which won't make those sponsors very happy, understandably. Unfortunately they say they're gonna keep the live team aspect, which I think is the silliest thing one of the silliest things in the history of golf. There's only one team event that matters in, in golf. That's the Ryder Cup. Period. End of discussion. You know, nobody cares what the Thunderbolts do to the Whomevers on a given Sunday on that live on the Live Tour. But they apparently part of the deal is that they've got to keep they've got to keep it at least for now. So I <clears throat> I think we'll see um, more tournaments. We'll probably see more weeks where there are two events going on. There'll be like a you know an event with a million purse somewhere and then there'll be an event somewhere with an $8 million purse so that the second tier players can get to play as much as possible but they're gonna have to sell that to the sponsors
2: and everybody in golf at least the fans of course love them some Faraday as the official biographer (laughs) of his book we got like a minute minute and a half left do you have a favorite story in there
1: well, there's so many of them because David's life has been so full of both tragedy and humor. But the one that, that I enjoy uh, retelling and enjoyed writing in the book was the night after he got done with the telecast at the Masters and left the 15th Tower and drove his golf cart into Butler Cabin because he was going to do the late-night show with, with Jim Nance. But this was while he was drinking, and, and he didn't drink on the air. But after he got off the air, he had a four-and-a-half-hour break. He had a few drinks. Decided to bring his car around to the parking lot in front of Butler Cabin since he was getting off at midnight, and uh, unfortunately, because he'd been drinking, the car ended up on the par three golf course. And they don't like carts out there, much less a car. He realized <laughs> what he'd done, drove back around. There were two police cars waiting. Cop came up, he rolled down his window, and David saw the name was Callahan, something Irish, and he thought, "Oh well, maybe I can get out of this." And the guy said, "Sir, have you been drinking tonight?" And David said. Well, I can certainly see why he never passed the detective's test with that first question. And a minute later, he was in handcuffs and sort of true to David's life. Instead of going to jail, Jack Stevens, who was then chairman of Augusta National, said, "I ah, just let him
0: go. And he let him go. I mean, anybody else,
1: anybody else in the world would have spent that night in
0: jail. Wow. And there's that story and so much more in Faraday. John Feinstein, best-selling <laughs> author. Really appreciate you taking the time. I'm sure this was a busy day for you. Thanks for coming on with us. Yeah,
1: my pleasure, guys. Take care.
2: That is a great story. It Farity's is Faraday's my kind it. of guy. They would have put me away Can for at imagine... least, I don't know, two weeks for that, maybe a month.
0: Right. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine just being able to get out of something like that? Just yeah. I mean, it's a life full of stories, w- without question. Definitely worth Definitely worth the read.